Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to BetterHelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through BetterHelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. You're listening to Black Girl Blueprint. Because Black Girls did it first. And honestly, better. Period. Period. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Black Girl Blueprint, your favorite podcast for all the Gen Z Black Girl tea. My name is Lauren. And my name is McKean, and thank you for tuning in today's episode. Before we get into the topic of wellness culture and everything we have to break down there, we just want to introduce you to the podcast and tell you a little bit about how we got here. Yeah, so a little bit of background about, you know, how this whole thing got started. So McKean and I actually go to the same school. We're at Columbia in New York together. Um, but we didn't really talk much or like hit it off until recently when I invited McKean to just talk a little bit more about her platform, Black Girl Culture, which is popping up on Twitter. And to just come on and talk a little <laughs> bit about that on IG Live, on my page, on Instagram, Eco Gal. So we had that conversation there. And it was honestly a really amazing conversation. It, it really was. That conversation was so great because... I think we were able to really combine our interests mm-hmm. in a really interesting way. So what you, the work that you do with sustainability and activism mm-hmm. on it's Eco Gal and the conversations that I have around like black girl identities on black girl culture, sort of, we realized that there's a lot of overlap there yeah. and that we didn't even really get to get to any of the topics that we had lined up. Yeah. So there was so much more after that, like one hour IG live that we were like, dang, we didn't even get to talk about this. We didn't mm-hmm. even get to talk about that. Like we have so much more to break down, to unpack. And so Great. we knew that that could not be it. And so exactly. we sort of then sort of brainstormed like, what would we do next? Exactly. And I think after that, we definitely just realized that it was so nice to be able to have that space to just talk about you know, like our identity, what it's like to be a black girl and just all of our other interests into in a way that like only black girls can really talk about or like Gen Z black girls, especially. So when we were brainstorming what we wanted to do next, we saw that a lot of platforms, especially podcasts, were millennial focused, which is great, you know, because we love to see it. We do. (laughs) um, We also feel like it's really important for Gen Z black girls to have their own space. And I think you know, to be able to host conversations in a way that feels really relatable and natural because, you know, Gen Z Black girls just talk about things in a certain way. And like, we have our own, mm-hmm. time, we have our own phrases. So period. Able to like, <laughs> listen, literally period. To be able to, you know, host conversations like that, we think is so, so important. And we're so excited for this space. Yes. So each episode is going to be about something a little bit different. We really are going to be intentional about responding to the culture. So anything that Black Twitter comes up with really? is a fair topic for us. So, you know, we'll be responding to the times. Each episode will some, you know, some will be wellness centered, some will be identity centered. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, we'll take a little bit more of a serious tone, given that we both sort of have activism perspe- perspectives and backgrounds. Sometimes we'll talk about identity. Sometimes we'll talk about politics. Other times mm-hmm. we'll talk about... We'll talk about the tea. We'll always be talking about the tea. So everything is fair game. Whatever Mm -hmm. the times call for, we're going to be doing here. Exactly. So with that in mind, at the beginning of every episode, we're going to be, you know, kicking things off with a segment that we like to call Read the Room. So basically what it is, is just really a time for us to check in and catch up on what's happening in the world. So like McKean said, Black Twitter always fair game that's what a lot of people always. are going to be pulled from so today we're just going to be talking a lot about like pop culture and like what's happening 
And other times, maybe we'll spill some tea about our own personal lives, maybe. Um, and just even more down the line, we'd love to, you know, include your own like lives and confessions. Have you send in questions, send in topics, anything you really want to talk about is what we want to have in this segment. So yes. what are we talking about today? So today, the first thing on hand is Miss mm-hmm. Flo Millie. Miss Flo Millie, who has come for our next, who has come for the charts, Listen, who has come for the entire rap game. Honestly, her foot has not been removed from my neck since that album. Literally, dropped. at the young age of 20, I love, okay, first of all, I love how in every song, or in a lot of the songs, she's like, I'm only 19. I'm yeah, only 19. She's reminding everybody that Let them know. I'm better than you, and I'm not and even at your level yet. Oh my gosh. No, <laughs> so yes. Literally no skips on that album whatsoever. I think yeah. literally even as me, who's someone who's like, not like super, super like into rap music, I can listen to any song that she drops. And even if I can't really relate to some of the things that she's talking mm-hmm. about, I'm like, period, talk that talk. Honestly, she has me in my room, like just bopping. Right. Everything she's saying, I'm like, real. It's real. Honestly. Exactly. That's exactly how it is. For for those who might not know, who might I don't oh, know right. where you've been if you don't really, know. Really but Flo Millie, Flo Millie is. Honestly, Flo is a 19-year-old. She's 20 now. She's a 20-year-old rapper mm-hmm. from Alabama. She blew up last year when she dropped Beef Flo Mick. Mm-hmm. And um, what was the other single? The one that was like... In the Party, I think. It was In the Party, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, she dropped Beef Flo Mix and In the Party last year. And everyone was like, wait, who, who is, is this? this? No. And then she came back to remind us who she was last week. And, and things have never been the same since then, so frankly. My, my life has forever changed. The album has no features and no mm-hmm. skips. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes at an interesting time because, like, female rappers are... It, it's a really special time, you know, in the yeah. in the dawn of Nicki Minaj, but in the time of Megan Thee Stallion, which right. we'll get to. Mm-hmm. It's so important to see other other Black girls, like, really killing it mm-hmm. and, like, showing us bar by bar that they can compete and are better and are savvier and more creative. No, really. <laughs> I know. I'm so happy to see it. And like you're talking about seeing so many other rappers just like hyping her up, especially like black women, other rappers in the game, just like really like it's like supporting her and her success was just so, so like happy to see. Like, I think it really it was. was. When Janelle Monet tweeted it. Yeah. I was like, really? everybody. It was so wholesome. This is so cute. But it's like what she deserves. And I just love to see black women supporting other black women. I just think that's so, so important. Right. So, and I'm of course, though, that. of course, Twitter never wants to see black artists prosper Ooh, and had to try to find a single way to come for Flo Millie, which they really I had to dig so for a way because they there wasn't really anything to come up with. So mm-hmm. what, for those who might not know also, Black Twitter tried to sort of compare her to like, to male rappers, mm-hmm. but essentially they tried to comfort her for not having a brand. And essentially and they were like, sense to me. right, they were like, well, when Meg the Stallion popped off, she was hot girl. And like, when Saweetie popped off, she was an icy girl. And like, when the city girls popped off, well, I mean, they were city girls, obviously. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> and I so just, people were like, well, what is Flo Millie's brand going to be? And it makes no sense considering like she has her tagline that she has on like basically every song. Like Flo Millie is Flo Millie. Flo Millie is. Like literally. (laughs) But like the thing is the double standard is nobody's ever going to come for a male rapper and be like, hey, what's your brand? What's your this? Like what is NBA Youngboy's brand? What is it? Please let me know. Being a baby father. Ooh, isn't he part of the show? (laughs) Yeah. Wait, he has too many kids. That's another thing for another day. But honestly, what are their brands? Like, literally, what's Melly's brand? What's the, like, like, no, there's so, so much, like, that male rappers don't have to deal with when it comes to, like, backlash or, like, worrying about, like, you know, having to have X, Y, and Z. And it's like, let the black girl rappers just do their thing. Honestly, stop trying to come for them just because they're black like, leave them alone let right. them prosper please like, the brand is us we are the brand literally that's black enough it's the brand period <laughs> period that's it period honestly and that's all it is that's all there is to it <laughs> but like we said that album has no features but when she does do a feature who do we want to see her collab with i think is the question <laughs> oh my god rico I, nasty rico, i was That's literally it. just about to say that i think Rico and 
Flo Millie on a track, listen, here for it. Honestly, I don't know if this is controversial because I don't know if she's cleaned up from her scandal yet. Doja Cat, are you going to say Doja Cat? Obviously, (laughs) I know, I know Doja Cat's had her, you know, her... Her little, her little stuff. You know what I? That's mean? a whole other episode. That right is there. a whole other episode. <laughs> Doja Cat. Literally, that's the title. Doja Cat. But really? I just feel like. Have you ever heard a song that she did for the Birds of Prey movie? It's like I vaguely it. remember it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. I do remember that. I feel like that type of vibe with Flo Millie might be <laughs> put them together. I don't know. The thing is, the thing is, you're not wrong. But but there's a big <laughs> we know we know yeah. So, but will Doja Cat ever make a comeback? We don't know. That that we don't know. A lot. For now, I'm praying that Meg and Flo Millie will hop on. Meg I feel like Malibu Mitch and Flo Millie would be bomb for as other small black female rappers. Those are the ones. They are the ones. Honestly, speaking of Megan, though, speaking of Meg, let's let's get into that as well because there's. I have opinions on this I, this whole thing. Yes, as you should. <laughs> Honestly, so for anyone who doesn't know, again, you must have been under a rock. Um, there was an incident that happened with Megan Thee Stallion. Not exactly sure what the details are. They're still like a little bit funny, fuzzy, but basically she ended up getting shot. Um, it's like speculated that it was by Tory Lanez and... Black Twitter just turned the whole thing into a meme and a joke and kind of just, you know, like made fun of her for it. There were some like other insensitive mm-hmm. comments that were made by like other like women too, just being like, I can't remember exactly who it was, but somebody was like, oh, that's like that Bobby and Whitney like love or something like that. Just like we love right. toxic love. It was just very, very uncalled for. And I think yesterday Meg went on live and she was just, you can tell that she's like really, really hurt mm. by the whole That broke my heart. It broke my heart to see her crying. And especially thinking about all the things that she has gone through and to think of how like nice of a person she is. Like she just came into the game, you know, ready to support everybody. And right. just like uplift other black women to just like, you know, Meg was like the girl who like everybody wanted to be friends with, everyone was cool with because she just had that, you know. Vibe, that energy, vibe. yeah. And like for this to be how she's treated after she's done nothing but be kind to everybody else and right. all the things that she's been through, like losing her mom, mm-hmm. grandma, just like, you know, she didn't really have pretty much like she lost some, like some of the most important people in her life. In her first like success, hugely successful year, like, yeah. and still my thing that blows me away is like, she went through all of that. She dropped how many projects in that time span? Honestly, each of which we all were listening to. We were all listening no, to it. None of our parties could have survived without them. Like, mm-hmm. and then where's the respect for her? Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it is really heartbreaking. And like, it really broke my heart also, even before she did the live. Like, she had to tweet out a few things, like, about how disrespectful it is that she, yeah. in her time of need, is having to defend herself exactly. and like to validate the feelings that she feels. Mm-hmm. It, like to validate the trauma that she went through. Exactly. Even, like we all knew that she lost her mom. We all knew mm-hmm. that she got shot. And, nobody and these are nobody. Her. Yeah. Even the media. I saw a tweet. It was either today or yesterday. Somebody was like, if it was Kylie Jenner who got shot, the media would have like taken this whole thing differently. Right. So like period. They would have. Exactly. Right. Because but I saw another tweet that was like, y'all must have been bullying her so bad if you got 50 cents. To apologize. Right. 50 Cent even oh. came back and was like, I'm sorry for making a joke about you getting like hurt. Which, you, <laughs> what made what? it click for you? <laughs> like, what, what What made you think it was okay in the first place? Right. Do that? Honestly, but it's just thinking of that too as well with like black men being like, oh, I just realized I was wrong. I'm sorry. These will be the same black men who are like, you know, you have to be very, very sensitive about like, you know, we can't talk about pop because that's like still like a very, very sore subject. And I agree. I, valid. Absolutely. Valid. Absolutely. Welcome to the party, Bob. Listen. Right. But, you know, for them to understand what it's like to be sensitive about certain issues or sensitive about like certain traumas, even with the, you know, Kanye situation that's happening and, you know, they're being speculated. I'm not sure whether or not it's confirmed, but about him, you know, being bipolar and his like mental illness, people are like, you know, you have to be supportive, you have to be sensitive, but like, 
where was that energy when a black woman needed that sensitivity and that support, mm-hmm. you know, and that empathy. I think it's a- I'm even thinking about um, how Kanye has ridden the wave of like losing his mom, which is again, I love. Well, I don't love Kanye. Oh. I have like, feelings about Kanye. I loved Kanye formerly and still okay. try to care for him in the ways that I can. But like mm-hmm. the way that we still sort of give him room for his sort of ways of being and ways of being in the world because he lost his mom almost 10 years ago now, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way that Meg lost her mom, who was her manager in her first her, year of success. Like her best friend. They were right. Like, and we don't, we don't talk. People were them. coming for her. First of all, I remember back when that happened, people were like, well, she doesn't look like she's mourning. Like she's still working. That's she's not mourning. Oh and then goodness. now that she is like, I'm sorry, like trauma shows up in different ways and on different exactly. timelines. And now that she is sort of publicly processing that, which she never owed us from the jump. Literally. Now that she is doing that, people are like, you know. Oh, "Oh, now I'm sorry because I've seen you crying on Instagram now. Like, now I'm suddenly sorry. Like, why couldn't you just have understood from the beginning? Right. Also, just thinking about, like, again, back to like the Flo Millie thing about how it's like, oh, yeah, like she needs to have a brand or whatever. Or like Meg, like, you know, she needs to like be able to grieve in a way that we see. It's like, why do black women owe you like these things for you to be able to like validate their like existence basically it's like literally that's it please leave us alone please Please. (laughs) anyways though prayers up for meg i really hope that like the world is able to give her the space that she needs Mm -hmm. and like we don't know her i don't know her but ultimately she seems like the type to grind through it like even the way her wig was laid on that live i was like really she she got it did and i respect that and i know that like we process in different ways but i hope that she knows that she could take her time and we're gonna be here to support Mm -hmm. her when she's done like whenever she's here to support her like she never left for real so much love for meg honestly Uh uh-huh wishing her all the best (sighs) prayers to you also like familia as well Keep grinding, girl. Drop her for real. Honestly, and thank you. Thank you for your (laughs) service. Honestly. So, um, jumping a little bit into the topic for today, which is, you know, going to be talking a little bit about, you know, wellness culture and self care and, you know, basically breaking that down and what that means, what it's been co opted to become, just, you know, a whole, a whole rundown of that, basically. Um, We kind of want to start by talking about, what self-care and wellness means to us. I think for me personally, I think the way I've seen self-care culture presented is kind of a way of just like, you know, there are certain like boxes that you tick for self-care. So whether that's like mm-hmm. you know, putting on a face mask or taking a bubble bath, I think there's a <laughs> Watching very, like, Netflix. Exactly. <laughs> like there's a very like cutesy way that, you know, self-care and wellness has kind of been packaged to be like very aesthetic and be very, you know, like, I guess, glamorize and kind of romanticize in a mm-hmm. way. But I think, honestly, for me, I think the way that I look at self-care is honestly just taking time for myself, whatever that looks like. So even if it's not, yeah. like, me getting all cute, putting on my face mask and doing whatever, whether that's just, like, me wanting to lay in bed all day or me, you know, deciding to, like, hold off on taking on a project until, like, I have more space. Right. Just, like, taking breaks and taking time for myself is, I think, the way that I practice self-care the most. What does self-care really look like for you, McKean? Yeah, no, I think I'm similar in that I often try, you know, like I, mm-hmm. as much as I agree with you and I think the self-care shows up in those small like moments of taking time. Mm-hmm. I've definitely internalized some of that like mm-hmm. sort of glorification of self-care and like yeah. self-care means you do yoga. Like even though yeah. those are small things that sometimes doing yoga is like a lot. I have to go unroll my mat. Mm-hmm. I need to find a video online because like I can go to no yoga studio right now. <laughs> it's like I have to find the right one. Like, can I do this? Like, is this, do I really want to do this yoga? Like are, these are all... <laughs> They said so yoga I think, was self-care, but uh, I don't know about that. I did yoga. Yoga's a workout. And I was like, uh-uh, never again. <laughs> I not, And I'm not knocking people who use yoga as self-care. Mm-hmm. And I think that it I can am, be, but. absolutely. But sometimes it's like self-care really is those small moments of like making a decision that is solely for your own good. Like sometimes it's like, dang, or like all of my friends are doing this type of thing. I don't have the energy right now. Like I just yeah. need to sit. Sometimes it's like I had planned this whole to-do list for my day, but really what's calling me is like the couch. A nap. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and sometimes that's it. And I feel like 
So for me, what's a lot really important about self-care though is as much as those small sort of moments and decisions are important, it is like establishing like rituals of self-care and like things that I do all the time and like that I can try to find ways to do regularly. Mm-hmm. It's like for me, my skincare routine is like self-care to the fullest. Yeah. I'll take my 10 minutes out of my morning. Mm-hmm. I'll do my steps. I'll do each one. And like, I will genuinely like look myself in the mirror and be like, you're being pampered right now for your exactly. day. Like you're getting started. Like this is self-care. And mm-hmm. so even though those like are things that I technically have, or I don't have to do, but I choose to do for mm-hmm. both the good of my skin, but like the good of my spirit. Like that's yeah. just like, this is my moment to care mm-hmm. for me, to do the things that I want to do. And like, mm-hmm. now I'm ready. So like, that's probably my favorite, I guess my favorite act of self-care, I but that. it is tough to break down like what you've been taught self-care is versus mm-hmm. like how you can actually sustain it in your own life for sure. I think like the most important thing for that is just understanding that self-care looks different for everybody. Like it really does. Though, like skincare routines are like your version of self-care that doesn't mean that that's going to be what works for me or what works for the next person. So mm-hmm. I think definitely the most important thing, which again is like what the, you know, self-care friend, I guess, kind of takes away from or kind of just like makes it seem like these are the only things that you do for self-care. Right. Self-care looks like whatever you want it to look like, whatever works for you. So yeah, I feel like there's definitely like a pressure to get boxed into like those certain things and like, okay, I have to do this and this will make me feel better. But right. Whatever that is for you, whether that's laying outside, whether that's, I don't know, whatever, whatever makes right. you feel good. Just do those things and that's it. Right. And make it, you, you owe it to yourself. It's mm-hmm. the one thing that I have to remind myself, like a self-care thing is not so you can like take a picture of yourself in a face mask or yeah. those, you are welcome to do that. And mm-hmm. I encourage you to post yourself in your face mask mm-hmm. if it looks cute and that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But ultimately like, you don't have to like, I remember when bath bombs came out yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm thinking of that trend in like that whole lush phase of my life where I was <laughs> like, Oh my God, I want to buy everything at lush. Like I'm going to put the bath bomb in the tub and then I'm going to take a picture of it. And then I'm like, going to go filter it and like try to make it cute yeah, <laughs> to like share it later. And it was kind of like, then who at, at that point, like, who are you doing it for? Who is it for? And ultimately that's the only question that I think matters ever in self care. Like, are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it because other people doing it for themselves mm-hmm. or you feel like you're doing it for them? Like you really have to break that down. Yeah. And I think another part of it too, is I think me personally, I feel like, like you were saying, like, make sure you're doing it for you, but also like you owe it to yourself to do that. And I think that's something that's important about it too. I think for me sometimes, because I am such a person who's like, you know, really a workaholic or like really trying mm-hmm. to like be productive all the time. Sometimes I feel like, guilty if I want to like, you know, lay around all day or if I want to like take a like a day off or something like that. So even in terms of like self-care culture, I think definitely some part of it is like one, like you were saying, like make sure you're doing it for you, but also emphasizing the fact that like you deserve that day off. You deserve mm-hmm. that time for your half an hour skincare routine if that's what you want to do. So right. Period. Period. <laughs> and I think kind of going off the self-care culture and wellness culture a little bit is something that's become, I guess, a lot more of a trend now that people are talking about, which is kind of, you know, the manifestation type of... Speak it into existence. You know, I think there's something else it's called. I don't know. There's another part of it as well. But I think (laughs) going into like the Be Simone drama, I think that we should, we should just... Absolutely. Yes. So some background for y'all who might not be familiar. Be Simone. And I'm going to be honest. I did not know who she was before all of this drama. I had never encountered her content before. And it might just be because I live under a rug. I don't know. I was not familiar. But last month or so, she went viral because she... Well, initially for saying that she wouldn't date a man with a nine to five. (laughs) But then... In that process of like canceling her for that comment, Black Twitter like ripped into her what she's most known for, I think, which is her book on manifestation. Is she not most known for that? I only really knew her for the meme <laughs> of her yelling. <laughs> so like, oh, she do be yelling. She do be yelling. She be yelling a lot. And I'm like, hey, talk, talk. <laughs> so I think I think the problem is her yelling. I think the problem is that she be yelling, but she don't really be saying anything. Saying anything. And I think that's what the problem is. It's like so, we would love for you to be loud 
it's but be loud and right. Don't be loud and wrong. You know I mean? Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, yes. So B. Simone, essentially, she published a book pretty recently on manifestation. And a lot of her brand is about like manifesting. She lots, she often brags about like she manifested her edges. She's going to manifest a man in her life. She's going to mm-hmm. manifest like a cinched waist. I think she said once. And like her whole, her book is about like a workbook about manifestation. But basically when people were trying to cancel her for saying she wouldn't date a man for, with a nine to five, they ripped into this book. And it actually came out that she plagiarized like Mm -hmm. most of the activities in the book Mm -hmm. and like almost verbatim. Yeah. From Mm -hmm. Pinterest. And like that the book was printed on printer paper and yeah, yeah, it was falling apart for people. That was some other drama, but really... It was what strikes me most, yeah. though, is like when I learned about it, I learned about it after everything had been broken down. So like mm-hmm. when people had destroyed the book, had destroyed her. But I'm kind of like, how did she build a platform? How did y'all believe that she could teach you how to manifest? Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. She's talking about how she's going to manifest her weight. Her her edges and a man yeah. in her life. Like, is that really? I don't. I don't know. know. <laughs> like, I think it's one of those things where I think there is a certain value to you know manifestation in the way of like I think what you put into the world is kind of what you get out in terms of like absolutely. I'm all for like positive affirmations and how that plays into like you know self care and you know just like yourself you I guess mm-hmm. so, like. I think a positive affirmations thing. I think also like my grandma always used to tell me there's a power in the tongue. So like, you know, words are spells. Exactly. So just in terms of like that view of manifestation, I think it's something that I can get behind. But I think with her, it's just like manifest just anything and everything and just kind of expect it to pop up. But then like, right. Any of the work for it. Right. I just think it's kind of like a skewed way that like almost a parody on manifestation or a way that it's just kind of been like flipped around in a way like not what it was originally meant for exactly and I think there is like a certain irony in being like you know having a whole platform that's centered around like manifestation and like putting all these good things into your life but like you plagiarize someone else right you didn't even do the work to put the book out you couldn't manifest the content for the book she manifested it and she saved it to camera roll exactly that was it that's all she did literally the same colors exactly it was a mess i think you're right like the problem is not a problem with manifestation but the Mm -hmm. fact that we've separated manifestation from like making it happen for you exactly and i think this is really a conversation about faith largely like i'm someone who believes in god but i also don't believe in you can just have like blind faith without Mm -hmm. doing the work that's like I don't scripture. think, yeah, faith in right. I'm gonna get all A's and not do the Study. homework that exactly. it requires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not right. You're not gonna say I'm gonna get the job and never apply. Like yeah. you have to do more than just speak it out. Mm-hmm. You can't just tweet and it's speaking it into existence and then do nothing else and then exactly. be upset when it doesn't happen. Exactly. I just feel like it really does diminish like a lot of the labor that um, goes into really sort of making things happen for good mm-hmm. and it really downplays and sort of I think it also then puts the pressure on people to believe like oh well B. Simone manifested 3.5 million followers like that's what I'm gonna do yeah and, and yeah I think then when it doesn't really work out that way or like when I guess also I think there is like almost a certain dishonesty I almost want to say in it if you're like having all of your followers and all the people who are like focusing on your platform being you know, thinking that you could just manifest things and things happen and then not really being honest and candid with them about like the actual work that you had to put into it. And maybe that is something that Beast Bone has done. Again, we're just going off what Black Twitter says. We don't really right. want to know. But I think with manifestation culture and the way that it has been co-opted, again, there's nothing wrong with manifestation in and of itself. Do your positive affirmations, speak what you want out into the world. There's power in that, definitely. Mm-hmm. But also do the work to get it you know what I mean and, I and be honest 
when you had to do work. Yeah, exactly. And I think there is definitely, it kind of reminds me as well of just like, there is like a cool thing with buzzwords around wellness. I think immediately I'm kind of thinking of Jada and mm, Will Miss and that whole Jada. Thing. Miss Jada, <laughs> Miss Entanglement herself. <laughs> um, I was like for the Jada thing, for a lot of people who may not know, um, I don't know who doesn't know about the Jada. You probably know, but <laughs> you probably know. But she has a Facebook series that she does called The Red Table Talk. Sometimes she usually has Willow and her mom as like guests on the show. They usually do it together. And they have a lot of conversations that I think are centered around kind of like be Simone, this whole manifestation and wellness and, you know, spirituality, I think. But I think what she was really called out for when the whole, you know, entanglement with August Will Smith drama came out was the fact that perhaps she really is just, you know, using her soothing voice and not really like saying anything with substance or using these buzzwords that don't really talk about what things actually are. Like when Will Smith especially called her out in the actual, you know, red table talk and she was like, Oh yes, we got into an entanglement or whatever. He was like, so you mean a relationship, right? Like, call it what it is. It's a relationship. So that I think moment. that moment was hilarious. That was so funny. He was like, no, what we're not going to do is dance around this. We're exactly. going to ex- name it, call exactly. it sweet of Literally. But the dancing around it is something that I've noticed a lot with the B. Simone and with the manifestation. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like using all these spiritual buzzwords, but like not getting into like the nitty gritty, which I think is also something that's important to talk about when you're talking about right. this. Like even with what we were talking about was how, you know, self-care can be like packaged or whatever, but like nobody mm-hmm. really wants to talk about like that self-care is hard sometimes. Sometimes right. you have to do hard work, you have to like, you know, it's not really all about the, the flowiness or the fluff, but it's like get into the rough stuff that it takes to go on this self-care right. and to like manifest and do all this hard work. So I think it's so important, I think, to have honest and candid conversations about these things. And not really, you know, use the surface level fluff and flowy language kind of just as like a barrier almost to like right. have to talk about the hard stuff. You know what I mean? But yep. she didn't want to talk about that relationship. She didn't. She said, y'all forced me to come to this red table talk. Exactly. In the inside, it felt like that's what she said. But like outwardly, she was like, I'm bringing myself to the table. Exactly. It's like and I'm not going to say anything at the table at all. Exactly. There was, <laughs> if you really re-listen to that, she said absolutely nothing. She said we got Which she's well in her right to do. Honestly, but my thing... Do not owe us a thing. Right. My thing is like, if you're going to have a platform where your whole sort of persona and brand of it is we're, we're doing the work. We're like, you know, we're doing the, the healing, the wellness work. Like this is what the space is for. You can't not show that in its totality. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they hinted at it and there were moments and obviously like that was a really private affair. So I'm sure exactly. they could only talk publicly about some of it, but of like course. there were moments where you felt like the real pain between both of them, whether it was that of the past or the present, we might never know, but like yeah. you felt those moments where they would be like, yeah, that was rough. He was like, I never thought I would speak to you again. again yeah. What? That was the, and then she's like needed. an entanglement. Right. And that, exactly. those were the moments where I was like, dang, like those were the one, the moments where I kind of felt like, wow, this is really like their business. And exactly. Loki really isn't any it of our business, really but business. <laughs> right. No, but I'm kind of like, if you are going to make it our business, please. Like just be right. a little bit more honest, honest. about what it took. Yeah. You don't have to tell us what happened, but be a little bit more clear for those who mm-hmm. might look for you to you as a blueprint, but sort of believe that they can just call uh, an affair or a breakdown or something, an entanglement and just move on from it. You know exactly. what I mean? Because I feel like that leaves a room for a lot of like emotions that don't really get talked about. Like I think, again, if you just call things an entanglement, if you just like use your soothing voice to try to like, you know, lay over anything. It's like, when do the actual real feelings, like the good, you know, the bad and the ugly get to like be discussed and talked about. And I think, again, like when it comes to wellness, if you just focus on the good stuff and you just try to like put like basically like a bandaid on it and like hope that that will fix anything, the problem is still there. So I think right. real wellness and real self-care is like looking inwards, doing that self-reflection And kind of sometimes self-care and wellness means addressing those feelings that you don't really want to talk about. Those feelings that make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's... That's when the work begins. That's when the work begins. That's when the real healing 
that's when the real, you know, wellness and like self reflection and self improvement really happens when you address the parts that you don't really like so much about yourself. You know what I mean? Right. Because you can't really do that work. You can't really get any better. And you don't really talk about, you know, the things that need fixing. You know what I mean? And I think that's a fair expectation of people to do at least publicly. Like we all need to be doing it inwardly. But like Mm -hmm. my thing is like if you're a motivational speaker and your whole model is that you graduated from Stanford at like age 16 and like that's something crazy that you did. I don't know. Hypothetically, if that's your job and you're going around the country speaking to people about how you did this and you say that you like just dreamt about going to Stanford at 16 and just went, people are going to be like, what? Like other little 14 year olds are going to be like, wait, can I just dream about it and go? Or like, did you study? Like, did you pull all nighters? Like, did you like, what did you do? And I I think Mm -hmm. I told you about this when we were planning the episode, but once I went to a recording of a live podcast and it's a podcast I love and it was people (laughs) that I really look up to, but I kind of felt myself like after the recording of the podcast kind of feeling like underwhelmed because the conversation was really about these two women's journeys and like how they now own their own companies and like how they're designers and how they design these cool things and like travel the world. And one of the guests on the podcast, she talked about how she had a self-funded year-long trip around the world that she like funded herself. She went to like a hundred different countries and she just did that. And like she did it because that's something she knew she always wanted to do is what Mm -hmm. she was saying. And that was dope. And that was like, whoa, that's something I want to do. Exactly. (laughs) And I think everyone in the audience had that same reaction. And Mm -hmm. then like, it wasn't until the end of the podcast recording that people got to ask questions. And then people were like, well, how did you do that? How did you get the money to fund a trip year long? Like, did you have parents that paid for it? Like, did you save for it? Like, did you, yeah. yeah, Like, did you have jobs still? Like, how does that work? Because, you know, if you sit, sit facing an audience of people who work nine to fives, and tell them that you were able to just pay for your your dream. You were able to fund your dream that costs mm-hmm. tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Probably tens of thousands, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you you just look at them and say that, obviously people are going to be like, "How?" Yeah. And to and then when people asked her how, this was when I really had a problem with it. So people asked her like, "How did you do it?" And she's like, "Well, I just spoke it into existence. I just believed. Like, I just mm-hmm. knew I could do it. I told myself that I was going to go on that trip, and I did it." Which is like, but I know you had to do more. Where did How'd you plan the itinerary? I'd like to tell us a little bit more. <laughs> like, like, the Expedia? Is that what you mean? How did you decide where you were going? Like, exactly. right. No. So it was just like, why are you like lying? It feels like you're lying yeah. almost because it's kind of like, you're leaving out so much of the truth that this doesn't even look possible anymore. Exactly. And I'm not even asking you to tell us about your business. But I just want you to be a little bit more honest, honest. so that also, like, mm-hmm. I'm not like, well, what am I doing wrong when I try to speak it into existence that I'm going on a year-long trip and I don't? You don't go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's real. And I, like you said, I don't think that's too much to ask of the people who have these platforms and who center their whole platforms around manifestation. It's like, great. We love the manifestation. I agree. Positive affirmations. Sure. But what else? do I do? What else do I add on to that? And I think, right. You don't have to tell me all of your business. I just, I don't understand also what the motivation behind keeping it a secret is. You know what I mean? Like why Mm. is it almost like they believe that if they tell other other people like what they did, then other people will do it and they don't want. Right. Or is it a thing of like, they feel like telling people about the works kind of lessens the manifestation. Right. I don't. Why? It doesn't have to be an either or. You know what I mean? Why can't mm-hmm. me speaking it into existence be a way that I like, I don't know, motivate myself and then get into it? You know what I mean? Like, why can't right. not? Why can't they both? Why can't you show manifestation as the first step and not mm-hmm. the only step? The only step. Exactly. Right. Because like you said, it's harmful if I'm sitting there in an audience and I'm like, I would like to do on that trip or I would like to graduate from right. 16 and I'm just there manifesting my life away and nothing is happening and nobody wants mm-hmm. to share like the nitty gritty of the ways that you get there. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at myself and I'm like, maybe I'm not manifesting hard enough. Maybe, you know, this dream isn't meant for me or maybe right. I'm not meant to do that. And it's like, you are just right. Do it. And like, yeah. And be, yeah. And like, that's the thing as someone, as you guys will find as we produce more episodes, I'm a lover of Beyonce. 
Ooh. And I always love on Beyonce <laughs> and I'm not ashamed about it. But the one thing I will say that I respect about Beyonce is that she makes her work ethic known. Mm. And like, that was actually probably, probably my fav- favorite part of homecoming Yeah, is that we saw well, that work. footage. We mm. saw her like really push herself and she maybe wasn't healthy. Maybe it wasn't sustainable. Who that's the whole other conversation, but like, and that's none of our business ultimately, but she didn't try to just say like, Oh, popped out some kids, hopped on the stage. And exactly. the whole choreo, like she said, so that took a couple years, right? Exactly. Like we wanted, and that I think that was even more awe inspiring than just that's if she were like, I just did it, right? Yeah, because you lose that sort of like willingness and sort of longing to look up to a person when you don't know what they put in mm-hmm. and what they've been through, literally. Yeah, like it's not even just in terms of talking about the journey. Like again, it's one thing to like be like, okay, these are the steps that I made, and they all worked out, like cool, awesome, great. But also like letting people hear about the times when things didn't work out or when you might've failed and you had to try again, like there's no harm. Right. Anything. It's like all the more like better to be honest and candid about those things. And again, it's not everybody's business. If you don't feel Mm -hmm. comfortable, you know, sharing your failures with the world or even, I don't even know if you want to call them failures, but basically showing your, your process that your process. Yeah. Again, you don't have to do that. That's nobody's business. Do what you want to do. I just personally feel like if you're going to have a platform centered around manifestation, you should be a little bit more honest about what it takes to actually get there. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, I, that's it. I want to manifest a million dollars right now. Speak that into existence, but and here it is. And oh. here it is just in my hand. But my again, empty hand. <laughs> my empty hand that I'm looking at right now. But again, I don't know if there are people who are actually, because I don't want it to be a situation where the people we're talking about, whether that's like, you know, B. Simone or like, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith or like those people kind of curb tailing what the manifestation kind of, not movement, but like what manifestation culture has become. Because mm-hmm. I would like to believe that there are people who are actually, you know, doing the work to like show manifestation for what we feel like it should actually be. Right. You know, talking about it in like a spiritual sense of like, power in the tongue, speak into existence, but also like, here's the work that you have to do along the way. Like, I don't want it to be a situation where like manifestation is canceled because there are certain people who are like not doing it right. But I want it to be like an open conversation that we have. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. Like you're trying to be some type of manifestation or data type and it's not really working out for you. But like, you know what I mean? Like find a way to do it in a way that's also like, very practical I think is really important yeah I think that really again like what we've been saying throughout this whole thing is like the problem isn't manifestation it really is the culture that we've sort of built around it and I think that's long established because that's a commodity people will buy a bullet journal if they think that they can just buy the bullet journal and be done people will buy B. Simone's manifestation book if they think that that will be the blueprint for what they need to do yeah but ultimately, like, you can buy all of those things. You can buy each of these sort of, like, all the people telling you to just speak it out, speak it out, buy my book and help yourself speak it out. Like, mm-hmm. watch my Red Table Talk and I'll help you, like, learn how to speak on it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, like, it that doesn't matter. That serves them and that's not ever going to serve you. And I think mm-hmm. that's also the step we need to make in the culture around it because then we sort of begin to co-opt the culture too that has been co-opted so that we'll buy it. Exactly. You know what I mean? No. So no. like there, it serves B. Simone and it serves Jada Pinkett Smith well to not really touch on their things. They get mm-hmm. to be private and then they get to build a brand that people buy. Mm-hmm. It don't serve us well. It does not. It does not help us. <laughs> and I, at all. At all. No, it, there's no million dollars in my hand. It is not right. whatsoever. <laughs> but I think as we kind of like round off and kind of bring this conversation to a close, I think, it's important for us to like kind of end on a note of talking about like what does actual and realistic practices of Mm. self-care wellness manifestation look like and then why are these types so important you know what I mean yeah that's it's true and I think we kind of opened it well Mm -hmm. in that I think we both have sort of made that jump for ourselves maybe Mm -hmm. through trial yeah. That that self-care that I've been taught to, to do in my life is not necessarily it for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, there are such ways to practice self-care in such small ways. 
And maybe you already have those ways in your life. Like maybe it really does take being honest with yourself about like the things that you do that bring yourself joy. Yeah. That you didn't already identify as self-care, but like really are. Maybe you have a talk with your grandma once a week on the phone. Mm -hmm. And that is actually like part of your self-care routine. Like maybe that, like maybe give yourself some credit is one thing that I have to learn to do with my own self-care. And like, I think also push yourself to realize that some of the things you do might not be self-care. Exactly. So like, like I, we were saying earlier, like, right. That face mask could be self-care, but like, it also might be you trying to create some IG story content. Exactly. (laughs) I was just going to say like adding on to that, I think, you know, self-care also on one hand is definitely like looking at the things that are like bringing you joy and like doing those things more often, but it's also doing the self-reflection, the nitty gritty looking in yourself and being like, Mm -hmm. Hey, these are the things that I'm doing that aren't so healthy. These are the things that are doing that are like draining me. Maybe I'm not getting enough sleep because I'm up all night doing work. Or maybe, you know, there right. are certain like, I don't know, people or practices in my life that just like make me very unhappy. I think self-care also looks like taking a look and doing a reflection at your mm-hmm. life and within yourself and being like, these things are not bringing me joy. These things are making me miserable. So right. like, cutting those things out, I think is also something that's, Super, super important when it comes to self-care. Also, not being so hard on yourself is my form mm-hmm. of self-care, I think, just because I tend to be my biggest critic when it comes to really anything at all. So I think as we're having this conversation about like, you know, manifestation, and if you are someone listening who has been on that manifestation journey and it's not really working out for you or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, I think not being so hard on yourself is something that's really, really important and not feeling like you know, if something isn't working out for you, that it's a problem with you. Right. So yeah, that's on that. Period. And that's it. And that's Here's the self-care. Here's the self-care, whatever it looks like. Exactly. Whatever it looks like for you, do that. that. Period. That's it. And you don't even got to tell us. And that's the beautiful part. Nobody even got to know. It's not even our business. Honestly. I mean, if you post that picture and you need to say like the face mask, I'm gonna like it. But, it's okay. <laughs> but it's like, you know, right? I, I don't even gotta know if that's your self care or that's your IG content. Exactly. I don't even gotta know. It's not my business. <laughs> <Period>. <laughs> okay. Just want to kind of end on a high note and let you guys know a little bit of some things that we're loving right now. So, just what's yes. giving us joy? What's feeding our souls right now? Can you go first? Yes. Okay. This Chloe and Holly album, I've been listening to it every day. Every day. I Actually, since it dropped. <laughs> No, I was, I was thinking to myself, I was like, what did I listen to before Ungodly Hour dropped? Literally. I don't even know. I was getting ready today and I was listening to Busy Boy and I was like, I it's, this it's at that point where like, I sing the next song before the track even goes. No, like, okay, I no know kidding. I'm ready for the, right. No, Chloe and Hallie really delivered. That album is bringing me so much joy. Every time I listen to them, I have this weird reaction of like, the yes niece meme yes. Yes. even though they're like older than me oh, and exactly. like the same age but that's okay yes, <laughs> I'm just like so proud I remember them on YouTube I remember I them coming them up oh I just gosh. feel like my sisters but honestly I can't wait I'm for Holly so and Ariel y'all. as well mm. that when yes. black Twitter is going to break and crash when that first promo drops with Hallie and mm-hmm. Ariel, I cannot wait. I'm so, so excited for that period. And that's all. Uh, the first screen grab we get, the first screen grab we get, it's a wrap. I don't even need oh to see gosh. the movie. I don't even see, need to see the movie. I mean, we're going <laughs> to see the movie because we're right. supporting, we're supporting exactly. that movie. Duh. But, you know, honestly, no matter what I support, is it true that yes. Harry Styles is actually going to be Prince Eric? Or something. Hold on, because my directioner that has been buried for the past ten years, but it's still there. It'll come out. Honestly, will come out. Popping off. I kind of like this album, but I want a black Eric. I want a black everything for the whole movie. Well, we want everything. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if that's gonna happen. We'll we'll take a week and get. We'll take it in stride. Honestly, yes. We just need a live action Princess and the Frog. When period. She's not a frog. They just Honestly, take, out the whole frog take out the frog part <laughs> and just give us a princess Tiana movie. Honestly. Princess, that's the movie it's, name. It's just, it's just princess. <laughs> that's what we need in our life right now. I can't. Okay, what's giving you love right now? What's, what are you loving? What's giving you life? Honestly, I was talking to McKean earlier this week. She has not rewatched Avatar 
the last I haven't watched Avatar, period. Wait, have you? I thought you said you watched like two episodes. Maybe in life, like. But she doesn't know anything about Avatar, (laughs) which I think is a shame, but we're not going to roast McKeem today. Maybe (laughs) next episode, but not today. But um, the Avatar, definitely. I rewatched all three seasons on Netflix. Prince Zuko has my heart. Sokka, oh, has my heart. And I'm probably going to start watching Legend of Korra, which is like the spinoff. We'll see how that goes. But it just fed my spirit. You know, yes. not even black, but she was my black girl representation. So that's a no. I can't. Is she not the one that they made white in the live action movie? We don't. The live action movie is not <laughs> Anyway, we don't sorry. talk about the movie. We're ending on a high note. We will not be talking about the Avatar movie. Anyway, those are the things that are bringing us joy right now. Yes. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening to the first episode of Black Girl Blueprint. We hope you tune yes. in next week when we'll be talking about Mickey, what are we talking about next week so next week we'll be breaking down all the things being the blueprint black girls being the trendsetters the ones mm-hmm. who did it first and better period always and we'll be talking about black fishing appropriation like you mentioned the struggle of AAVC tweets mm-hmm. oh get the all of the TikTok trends of like exactly yeah we will you know the one you know what we're <laughs> yep. talking about so yeah yes. we're so excited for next week we hope that you guys tune in you can keep up with us on Instagram at Black Girl Blueprint. And yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it.